Welcome back, everybody. I'm Simon Severino, your host. And today we talk about the opportunity of doing business in Africa, the importance of the social entrepreneur in solving huge social and environmental problems with global entrepreneur Henry Nyakarundi. Welcome, Henry. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me, Simon, man. Thanks Excited for uh, inviting to have me on this uh, podcast. I'm so excited to dive deep into the current state of the world of Africa and how entrepreneurship can be a force for good. Tell us a little bit, what are you currently creating? Yeah, so I'm currently working on uh, bridging the digital gap that exists on the continent. That's really what my business is doing. We have uh, around 800 million people today in Africa that don't have access to internet. And that's the problem we're trying to solve uh, with my company called A-Red Group. Uh, connectivity for me is really the future in every sector, education, health, uh, name it. And if you don't have access to that connectivity, you're falling behind. And that's why we're really trying to bridge this digital. Wow. And so, who are the stakeholder groups? How do you orchestrate this major change? Yeah, so you have, um, you know, when you talk about digital change, the, the number one players are, are telecom companies, ISPs, but they're focusing mostly on, on, on revenue driven. So they're focusing mostly on urban settings um, where people have a high income uh, stream, but the rural area, some refugee camps are just neglected, even forgotten. And those are the people that we really trying to focus on to, to, to minimize this digital gap. Uh, but those are the key players, the big players, the traditional players. How can anybody who is listening here and says, wow, I want to be part of that project, how can they contribute? Yeah, I mean, they can check us out in, on our website, on our social media, on the aredgroup.com. I mean, it's such a big problem. Uh, we, we're just trying to bring a different ways of solving that problem. Um, but we're very active. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the product, if you, if you don't mind. So what we've seen is uh, we've seen that when, when it comes to connectivity, it's not just access to problem. You and I, you know, you, you can get on your phone and get the high-speed internet, right? But there's more problems to it in rural area refugee camps because you also have to look at most people in rural area don't have access to electricity. So imagine if you can't charge your phone at home. How can you use your phone the way you want, right? And also, we, we usually can afford iPhone or high-end telephone, but most low-income people have low-end smartphone with low processing power and low internal memory. So we look at this whole uh, uh, challenge or problematic, and we, we developed two key products. We developed a, a solar kiosk platform that allow people to charge their phone on the go, but we developed what we call a mini server. So we're trying to bring access closer to the user where you can store digital application content 
closer to the user and distributed via Wi-Fi. Now the user don't necessarily need internet to access to those digital applications that you and I can access via the internet uh, easily. Uh, so that's really, so we're bringing a new type of infrastructure. That's really what uh, innovation is. It took us six, six and a half years to develop this tech. And um, now we're in six countries and uh, we're on the growth uh, stage, but we work a lot with, through partnership. And that's really what ARED is about. How many people are you and when, when did you start? Yeah, we're a small team. I mean, um, so we we developed, well, I de I've been in business for 20 years. I grew up in the U.S., so I'll give you a little bit of my background. I grew up in the U.S., uh, well, I grew up partially in Burundi, East Africa, I moved to the U.S. when I was young and then moved back on in East Africa in two, 2013. But I, I've been in business for over 20 years. Our team is only six of us, but we work with a lot of partners, whether it's on the development side of hardware, software so we develop what we call a modular uh business model um so we're a very small team we're a very agile team and the reason why is because uh, the the way to do business today it requires you to be very very dynamic and be able to change i mean look at what covid does uh, did or it still does you know when when there's a crisis you need to be able to maneuver very quickly so i'm not a big fan of big team Uh, we're a very small team, but we work with a lot of partners in this uh, uh, business and uh, manufacturing side, hardware side, software development side. Our core team is really on the sales, sales and uh, uh, size of the business. And is it a remote uh, work or, or is it uh, mostly physical? How do you coordinate the team? Yeah, we have no offices. Everybody works from uh, the internet. I mean, we communicate. We do travel because we are B2B company, right? So we work a lot with telecos, fintech company, NGOs. Uh, those are our biggest customer. Uh, but our core team, we, we have no physical uh, offices anymore. We started that before COVID. COVID kind of validated our model uh, that we had. And, uh, but yeah, we're fully remote. Uh, we meet maybe once every four or five months uh, physically uh, just to catch up and, and, and do a, a small thing term. But I love the fact that, you know, everybody can work from home or from wherever they are. Some of our team members travel and still work when they're on vacation. That's really what the environment I, I really like. Where do you take your inspiration from? Are there any books or podcasts that are particularly helpful? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Um, so when I started my entrepreneurship journey was, uh, I was 19, uh, I was in the US. And uh, for, for about six, seven years, all the businesses I started just failed, 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 failed. And then finally, and it got to a point where um my, my family was really on my case of you know it's time for you to get a job because this business thing is just not not for you so the the previous business before ared was pretty much the business that really was my last chance business it was in logistics 
And uh, I told myself, if I fail this, this is it for me. And luckily I succeeded. And I learned tremendously from my journey as an entrepreneur. I learned the power of failing, the power, the, the knowledge you gain from failing. Um, but then when I built my first successful business, uh, I spent six and a half years in that business. I, 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 I really was not excited anymore. It was just about money, 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 money. So I was looking for something that was beyond personal gain. If, you, if I can call it like this, and will have an impact. And I read this book uh, called The Fortune at the Bottom of the Pyramid from C.K. Prahalad. If I, I, I'm probably messing up his name, but it, it's an Indian entrepreneur was talking about how powerful it is to build businesses and to cater to people at the base of the pyramid, the low-income people. And that book kind of changed my life um, because I felt like, business should be more than yourself or your team or your shareholder it should be about others it should have an impact and and that's why a red was was born but a red was born i was looking at different sector agricultural sector energy sector but connectivity because of my background uh, i have a computer science background so connectivity was really what that space was really exciting and that's how A-Red was. It took about three years to come up with this A-Red concept. And then when the concept was born, I pack up my bag and move to, uh, to Rwanda. And the rest is, uh, is well documented. <laughs> and what made, you, what, make you, what made you move back to Africa in 2013? Yeah, I feel like I can bring, I, I feel like I could bring more value to the continent. I mean, I'm from Africa, number one. I felt like in the US, there was not much I can bring on but build businesses just to make money. But I felt like I can do some good on the continent from what I've learned, for what I was trying to build or I'm building right now. And it was a very easy decision. Um, you know, because I, and it's actually the best decision I've made. So it was really about, uh, you know, where can we do Where, where can I bring real value? Africa was 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 the answer. And looking forward, what excites you uh, and your team looking forward on on your mission right now? My biggest excitement is solving problem. That's really what I love to do every day, uh, solving problem, whether it's solving problem on the business side, business model, solving problem on raising capital, solving problem on how to recruit talent uh, without, you know, with, with very few resources. Uh, I'm, I'm really motivated by solving problem. I think, I think uh, you know, the bigger the problem, the more motivated I am. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. It is stressful. It is, uh, but that's what get me up in the morning and be like, okay, what problem am I, am I gonna tackle? today the team it depends on the team members right um my, my team are more uh straightforward meaning they also solve problem but they i can't speak for them but for me it's really solving problem i, I think that's really what you know drive me drive me the most on a daily basis and you also wrote a book why did you write a book in the first place 
Yeah, that was an interesting. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm not a writer. I, I was terrible in, in English classes all my life, so I'm, I'm not going to claim to be one of those uh, uh, high-end writer. But I, I wrote this book to inspire the next generation. You see, in Africa, even though we're growing as an economy, there's a lot of of baggage we have, right? That we inherited from colonial time. Uh, that's still valid today among the youth, right? A lot of the youth uh, still believe that you know uh, it's it's much better to move to the U.S. or Europe than it is to stay and fight and build something in Africa. And uh, and I wanted you know and and when I, I do a lot of uh, speaking engagement in high school universities, and a lot of time when I, I was telling my story and I was telling the youth about my journey in the U.S. and me coming back, they, they didn't understand why. Why are you coming back to Africa? More, a lot of them wants to go there and I'm coming back on the continent. And for them, you can only come back for two reasons. Either you're running from the law or you got deported. That was the, 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 the concept. Exactly. So, so I decided to write a book about my journey in the U.S. because the U.S. to me was the most the, the hardest country I ever lived in. It's a, it's a very hard country to live in. And what I mean by that, it, it's an unforgiving country. You, you can get homeless very quickly. I was homeless for a week uh, while I'm in college because I, I couldn't afford my rent, you know, and, and those things people don't see. And most people don't talk about the challenges uh, that you face in foreign country. We always talk about social media, the beautiful places we visit, the nice car we have. But I wanted to share really the struggle I've experienced in the U.S. And then the, what I've learned also, I learned so much. And that was the book was about and why I came back on the continent, what motivated me to come back uh, to Africa. And that's what the book is about. It's, it's about my journey, you know, and I called it my African dream. Because I truly believe, like, you know, and I, and I looked at it, you know, we talk about the American dream, right? And that's big in the U.S., you know, the American dream. Most people fight to get to America, to live the American dream. But I wanted to talk about this African dream that a lot of people are not talking about. And that's really what the... the, the I want to hear was. both both your perspectives. First on the American dream. Is, is the American dream still alive? Well, it depends on the individual. It depends. For me, it was because even though I struggled, I built a successful business at the end. Um, I lived a very good life. There is a lot of, of opportunity in the U.S. that uh, I haven't seen in a lot of countries. Right. You can build a business in the U.S. on credit cards. Try to get a credit card in Africa with a credit limit of 20, 30,000, just building on personal credit. It's extremely hard. There's a lot of there's a lot more financial tools that you can access in the U.S. So it really depends on the individual. But for me, I did. I believe I, I lived the, the American dream to a certain extent. Uh, the challenge for me was I wasn't happy at the end. I was looking for not a dream, but happiness. I was looking for fulfillment. I was looking for a purpose-driven uh, um, mission. And I, I didn't find that in the U.S. And those are the reasons why I wanted to come back. 
And I want to uh, know more about the African dream, this concept that you that you write about. What is the African dream? The African dream is about Africans solving our own problem. That's really what my dream is. And that's really what I, I believe, uh, you know, every African sh should strive for. Even today, and I'm sure you see on the news, you have a lot of players in Africa. China is big in Africa. Uh, Europe is trying to find a space. America is kind of losing ground, but trying to reinvent themselves. But in all that ecosystem, you don't hear much about what Africans are doing to solve their own problem. What are we developing? What are we solving on our own? And I believe that's the only way a country, because it's 54 countries in Africa, but it's the only way where our citizen, by solving our own problem, we truly become economically independent. And we're not there yet. We're not economically independent as a nation, as a continent. We still depend a lot on donation. We still depend a lot on, on, on begging for money for different programs, so on and so forth. But we need to empower the youth. That's truly what the, the key is, but not just empower with words, but empower them with tools and, 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 and financial support for them to create and solve their own problem. And we're not there yet. So that's really what my fight is. And part of the journey with ARED is to show that it is possible for Africans to solve our own problem. How much is the crypto space helpful right now for your cause and your projects? Interestingly enough, you know, it's so funny. So, so crypto is, is, is huge in some part of Africa. Nigeria is the number one market for crypto. But uh, but nobody's doing crypto mining in Africa, right? And that's a space we're looking at also to do with our infrastructure, how to do some mining because we, we're building a different type of infrastructure. But our crypto can solve some problems. The, the, the challenge now is policies. A lot of countries, government are blocking crypto uh, because they're scared that it will undermine their financial policies. So it's still a very new market there's some marketplace of crypto being developed um but it's, it's still a very nascent because we we, we don't have well i've seen one or two companies trying to in africa trying to build their own crypto money uh but it's still not we're still using bitcoins and all those things but we still have a long way to go as but before um but besides crypto digital currency that's what's going to be big in africa Uh, they call it in Africa mobile money. You can transact. I think Africa is the number one market for mobile money, where you can transact, send money and all fully digitally now in a lot of countries. And that's amazing. Uh, that's a huge, huge leapfrog, leapfrogging from, from, from hard currency. Uh, I think mobile money is really where, and you see a lot of fintech. I mean, We have uh, six fintech companies from Africa that are unicorn status now. Um, well, uh, from Africa is a big word, but at least operating in Africa, because uh, that's another issue I have about what, what's an African company. Uh, but yeah, I mean, digital currency is, is definitely the future. Crypto will have a space, but because it's highly regulated, it's going to be very difficult to know what's the future going to look like.
Beautiful. Henry, is where can people find you, get a hold of you? Oh, they can find me on social media, Twitter. I'm very heavy on LinkedIn, um, Facebook under my name. It's actually Henry with an I, Henri Nyakarundi. Uh, you can Google, find my book on Amazon. But yeah, I'm very heavy. LinkedIn is my favorite platform, really, for for, for businesses or like-minded people. Uh, but I'm on all most social media uh, platforms, and, and I'm very accessible. If they Thank have you so much, Henri, for being here. No and um, check him out, everybody. Henri Nyakarundi, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge with us. Keep rolling, man. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.